0: Welcome to The Creator's Mind, sharing stories of creators, hopefully inspiring you to chase your dreams. I am your host, Justin Ortiz. My next guest is Jared Lamont. He's a videographer and photographer from the Bay Area. Jared is currently traveling around the world filming his documentary, One Way Tickets. Today, we talk about his amazing project and how he's pursuing his dream. With that, let's get started. Jared, thank you for being on the podcast. Finally, great dude, <laughs> to have you on.
1: Stoked to be here, bro. <laughs> first of Cater's all, here's like, mine.
0: Yes, first, like go. to grat- Congratulate you on getting your project funded. One way ticket. Good shit,
1: dude. Thank you, man, <laughs> and thank thank you for backing the project, bro. For real, dude. Like,
0: have to, bro. Can't wait to support. see. It. I love love your documentary already. Just the snippets and just just the feeling. It. It's gonna be something great, bro. And to be a part of it, it's amazing
1: dude yeah thank you bro you're <laughs> you're part of the one-way mafia <laughs> hey it's it's a it's a group of bandits so
0: dude i'm so welcome i tried try to be a <laughs> bandit <laughs> yeah let's go cool. uh, all right jerry you give a little bit of the listeners an introduction about where you're at right now where you're from like what do you do the floor yeah. is yours man How much do you want to share
1: yeah right now i am currently based in indonesia um, in production for One Way Tickets, uh, which is a a documentary about unifying people and how how I'm going to how the the goal is to do that through volunteer travel and traveling and working in different countries, different odd jobs, everything from um, hostel work to animal shelters, rice farms. A lot of agricultural work, but going and living with strangers basically, and working for food and shelter and becoming a part of these people's lives, uh, you often find that despite culture and, and language dividing us, uh, we're all really the same on like a very fundamental level. And, and that's kind of what I'll be doing this next year. Now that the project is successfully funded, can go out and shoot this rough cut and and make a lap around the world.
0: <laughs> Some people <laughs> I can't even say that, man. It's like living a dream that you want to live.
1: Dude, it's it it really is. Like I feel so so grateful for the people in my life and and uh, the people who wanted to get involved and and bring this thing to life. So yeah, dude, it's a it's an incredible feeling.
0: So backtracking a little bit, like how did you get into? videography and photography a little bit like how do you get started yeah. with that
1: yeah so it's been about three years and I got my first camera in Paris three years ago where I'd been traveling and after about five months I was like I really need I really had an urge to to explore making videos actually and I had no clue how to do it but I, I, I bought a DSLR, actually, on a credit card and <laughs> had it delivered to Paris, France, where then I took, like, 3,000 photos in, I don't know, the first few days. Um, I just was kind of in love from there, just wandering around the streets, taking photos, lots of street art. That, that was, like, my interest. Um, and just got hooked and kind of eventually a friend showed me oh you know this is how you do manual and kind of started just learning bit by bit and again traveled throughout France and just fell in love with this process and and since then really dove into storytelling and and using video and photo to do that so yeah yeah that's how I got into it
0: so without that process like what did you discover about how creating was kind of becoming, incorporating into your life, your own self-expression, you might say?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, (laughs) I would say, I guess I really just had an urge to express myself. And that was really the best way for me to do it, most natural way. I do like to write a lot, but I would say that was that was kind of what drove me is all of a sudden like I could take what was in my head and and sort of try to make it real it was almost like a little bit of magic right you know it was like how can how can I this is crazy that I can I can have this like technology to actually do this and it's it's just so much fun and i just like how it's brought me to meeting people whether they're creators or whether they're just people i interact with but i've met some incredible people who became really close friends just through this kind of like creative community especially in the bay area people who uh, you know I would definitely die for <laughs> you know what i mean like just day yeah. ones like let's go
0: How crazy is the fact that again we talk about a lot of people like other guests like how instagram is like yes it has some negatives but the biggest pro is bringing people together like that's how we met. Like we just met a few days ago. After I donate to like one tick, one way was Like, dude, praying for the best, man. Like, you got it, dude, and yeah. Now we're here. <laughs> dude,
1: yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I've let you behind the scenes, bro. Not a lot of people. Have, I've shared a lot with you. Yeah,
0: you now like, no, it means a lot. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't let everybody in, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it means a lot, bro. Yeah, no, I feel it. So when you're talking about like, when you're day ones and everything else, like kind of going to the creative community, why is it important for people to get involved in the community and kind of get away from the screen, that black mirror, you, you know, like why? Yeah. People just think it's like double tapping, mm-hmm. or commenting is like good enough, but it's really not.
1: You know, I, I think even outside of um, photography or making videos, like people need community you know um, the whole lone wolf thing, and I, I can say that I've been a lone wolf for sure at times, and I have tendencies. But I've I've realized for me, like I absolutely need community, and I think if you look around you, a lot of people need community as well, um, right? Like you just can't do it all by yourself, like. And I think even even this Kickstarter project shows you that, like, right? It took eighty five people to come together to do something like this it's not just me man you know Mm -hmm. so it's community right like without this community who wanted to help me like there's no fucking way and I feel like just being around people like you need that social interaction and like exchange of even the simple things man like (laughs) you know some eye contact and good conversation laughter and I think that for example when two people like taking like like photography
0: mm-hmm.
1: they meet up and they 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 both enjoy this thing but they're also becoming friends and like just talking life and i think that is is what's special you know like you're saying like it kind of creates community and friendship and i'm all for that man i just i just think people are like more lost and stuff without it
0: yeah it's like i was getting coffee and then it was like a weekend i was hanging out with uh, john cruz john the photographer So I was hanging out with him um, last weekend and then getting coffee. And I just said to the cashier, like, how was your day? And he just, like, no one really asked that question. Everyone just puts in their order and just dips out. I'm like, it's just like like you said, those little things, like, kind of make someone's day. So, like, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, you never know what someone's going through, right? Like, even even a smile, wave on the street, like, someone's having a bad day. And you don't know. You could be lifting their spirits up or... That's something I've definitely learned in Indonesia is like people are insanely friendly (laughs) and they're always smiling. Like they don't have a lot of material stuff, but like they have this, they have community, they have their family. And sometimes I wonder like if when because like in some of these other I've done these volunteer situations where these people didn't have a lot of money and they just they just have each other and they have, you know, good food. And 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 that's really it. Like this conversation and just being together. I think it's interesting when you kind of remove like this insane need to make money and do all this stuff. That like, what do you really need to be happy? Right? Is like community, hot plates, right? Some mm-hmm. good food, <laughs> and 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 you know maybe mm-hmm. a nice place to sleep and shower. And- yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like we forget about those basic things that we really need and like kind of forget our wants or those wants that we have kind of turn into needs, but we just are kind of misconstrued on, do we really need this? Like just taking a step back from it. And sometimes day of like consumerism, you know, like it's, it's strong, you know, it's like always trying to like, trying to not compete, but trying to kind of see some nice things. And you think that's going to bring some happiness, you know, and I kind of, I'm not sure so i didn't tell you this one before the podcast but it became like converting for like to become a minimalist for the past like year or two and uh, people my some of my listeners kind of heard me say this spiel but it's probably the best thing ever happened like it kind of helped me with all that insecurity in a sense you know it's like things that value so like you're traveling pretty minimally as well like how does that feel traveling like pretty light but uh yeah
1: dude like I mean, I, I have this duffel bag, and it's, it's basically all my camera stuff. I, ro- I roll around with a gimbal. I roll around with two tripods, drone, uh, two DSLRs, and then one sort of old. My very first camera, actually, from 2006 that I never used. And then when I got into all this stuff, like I've been using it, and it's so amazing because it's just like this old digital camera that gets out of your way. And all it has is like a little digital zoom and you just turn it on auto and just start shooting. It's just point and shoot. Mm -hmm. So it's been fun like as, as I've gotten further into this like stuff to just go and use a tool like that where it's like so simple. You don't you're not thinking about the light. You're not thinking about the quality so much. It's just like what's happening in frame. And yeah, man, there's tons of stuff that I've been rolling around with. And I'm like, I don't need this like why do i have two tripods um, but but it has it has come in handy cuz it's basically like i'm rolling around with a small production so yeah somebody actually hired me for like an interview job up in 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 ubud and you know it's it's so much more like uh, it, it's very professional and just having two camera angles when you're shooting an interview really adds like production quality yeah so just having the tripod for that reason is like worth it yeah, like I don't have a whole lot of clothing. I just have like maybe three shirts like this. I have an army jacket kind of thing. And then I I actually I wear board shorts every day. <laughs> and believe it or not, I stopped wearing underwear. <laughs> 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 yeah, And that's mostly because of, I think, probably the climate. And yeah. after like a week of Indonesia in the summer, I was like, wow, like, I do not need to wear underwear and, <laughs> and I, I haven't gone back and I even threw out half of the, the boxers I brought with me. Like it's, it's interesting cause like I've already gone through like one throwaway where I threw out a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. not a bunch, but like I just cut some fat. Like yeah. I have, I have a rain jacket cause I have to, I have to, my, my wardrobe is basically like there's a lot of utility in it because right now I'm in a, in a warm climate. Right. But, I could be in a very rainy climate. I mean, it does rain here a lot, but when I'm in like Vietnam, for example, in a couple months, it's going to be raining a lot in North yeah. Vietnam or I don't, I don't know what the climate's going to be like in, in North India. When I go there, it could be colder in the mountains. So having some warmer things and like, I have one pair of jeans. That's it. Um, yeah. I'm looking around. It's, it's mostly stuff just to, to shoot with man. <laughs> that's it. Like, um Kind of wear the same thing pretty much, so I, I totally really feel <laughs> it. Like, I mean, what do you? What about you? Like, what's your wardrobe setup like?
0: Um, pretty much I have like just top of my head because it's like I don't like really trimmed off my closets so I have like one jacket, it's a soft shell guess, I take that everywhere. Probably have yeah. two dress shirts, and then like for my suit, just in case I need to suit up, three polos, one pair of jeans two shoes once in the actually three one workout one one casual out and then one formal probably like going out button downs probably like two (laughs) so keeping that very like low-key and it's probably the best feeling of the world
1: dude for real
0: bro
1: (laughs) it's just like just cutting that fat right yeah
0: and then it just gets you thinking like again live you could see my setup i live literally in the smallest room in the house but i have more space right i make i have more (laughs) space in my room than my roommates and i have the smallest room in the house how does that make sense (laughs) right
1: smart man bro
0: i have a nissan versa and i could just pack it all in one trip maybe two but one trip for sure if i tetris it right and just go like i don't mind tossing things i don't mind like like i bought a desk and the desk was literally a 15 dollar affordable yard kind of set up but you see it like at what was it like tabling or something right right, right. (laughs) like 15 20 bucks i was like hey it it works (laughs) don't really have you
1: (laughs) have you considered like would you ever do like uh car life car camping or like van life yes
0: i love van life like i wish i could do that like what's the only thing that's holding me back right now or feeling like holding me back is it the fact that again I don't have funds because all my money is like paying off my student loans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's dude. everything else. And then I think because right now, I'm again, going for my doctorate for physical therapy, like a dream of mine would be like a situation for like the first couple of years after I get it would be um be a traveling um, physical therapist, go state by oh, yeah. state, see how it goes, take some contracts and then just go on my van and like see how it goes.
1: Dude, that sounds like a sick plan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a like you said, it's a long it's a long game, and yeah. see how it goes. And my grand scheme plan is again, we all have debt, everyone else, and yeah. it's for me. I want to make sure I could trim it down as much as it can. And then once I yeah. once I get through school, there's no way around. It. I love physical therapy. I love the ability for my mind to say I could fix people like their musculoskeletal like injury. I could i have an idea i know how to eval it and i know how to fix it like that's probably the best feeling you know it's like it's a practical profession it's like a purposeful one for me and that's like i can't like even my friends are like you can't give up because like they know how much i love it and how good i am at it so it's like (laughs) so i think a little bit more about your project one-way ticket like can you give a little background on how that even started and how that seed was planted in a sense like how yeah they, you don't know, like wake up one day and say i'm out
1: no yeah <laughs> it it was a it was a long it was a it was a it was a natural progression but it, it 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 got to a point where i basically knew that i wanted to make a documentary about volunteer travel and i i was running low on cash and i knew that if i stayed in the bay area much longer like this this dream was going to die 100 percent, like I could either stay in the Bay Area, grind and struggle every day to do freelance work and just be eaten alive because the city, the Bay is so expensive. That's just the nature of it. And the reality is I'm I'm somebody who values my creativity more and I'd rather make less money and work on creative projects more. And I simply knew I had to get the fuck out because the window was closing fast and and basically yeah I bought the one-way ticket to Indonesia and started this short documentary that I wanted to make traveling around Asia and then a month in sort of quickly realized wow this story will be incomplete if I don't do this around the world like doing it just in Asia is limiting it to just Asian culture and I wanted to show uh, like greater cultural contrast, um, around the world. And then also add this like adventure element of a guy with his backpack, trying to make a movie around the world and, and sort of, (laughs) you know, just like turn, just like jack up everything, you know, to crank it all up and, and just go for the full send basically. And that was when I sort of was presented with this problem, like, well, I don't have enough money to do that. I only have money for Asia three months, and that's when this this whole idea of going to Australia presented itself and getting a working visa there for a year, possibly to make eight thousand dollars in in mining, you know, uh, in Perth, which is kind of crazy, right? Like I didn't plan that there. There might be a theme. I, I don't seem to plan or I I make plans and then the plans are quite, quite different. Um, (laughs) but it's all about rolling with the punches, right? So I was pretty set on going to Australia basically. And I had about three weeks to figure this out after I had volunteered for one month in a boot working as a, a bartender mostly, and then also making some content for them. And that was actually a really interesting experience. Um, because when you work as a bartender, you're sort of forced into, like, talking to people and, and, and you know, people are coming as guests and, like, you're, you're trying to entertain them and, like, make them feel comfortable. So it sort of led to, like, connecting with lots of people. And some of these people I ended up becoming really close friends with. Some of these people ended up, you know, believing in the project and, and, and like, just want to see me live this dream, right? And um, it's crazy, like, I definitely was there for a reason and made some incredible, like, connections with people. But then, that ended, and my friend from France actually was coming, and he was maybe going to volunteer with me a little bit, but his plans changed. Yeah, this, this crazy thing happened. So, I had a little window of time to figure this out, and my friend also came, and I hadn't seen him since France when I actually met him in a volunteer job working at a winery. That's how I met him, and it was the first time I'd seen him since then. And we went on a road trip. We went on a road trip, and we were going to go from Bali to the, a big island called Java, take ferries, go over to Java, drive around Java. This was the big plan basically road trip across bali and we ended up stopping at this place for the night we drove like 5 hours and then s- slept there but we met some incredible uh people who ran a orphanage there they were like oh you you got to stay one more night like the orphans are coming they're coming to like spend some time on the beach have a day on the beach they've never some of these kids have never seen the beach and they're from bali and I was just like, wow. And they were saying, you know, some of these kids have never had a hot shower. Right. So, but but they, he said they never complain. They never complain. They're always so grateful, very respectful kids. You wouldn't know it. We were like, ah, oh, like, that sounds great. But like, my friends got to go, got to go to Vietnam soon. Like, we, we got this plan to go to Java. We only have so much time. Like, sorry. And then we had a really special, like, insane sunset there where, it was the first time we didn't see any tourists on the beach and there was just fishermen, like these small fishermen pulling in these nets and kids running around playing soccer and, and it was like a very local experience. And all of a sudden we were just like, Why are we gonna leave this? Like we're we're having a time of our life. These people are super kind to us, like we're meeting people or playing soccer with these kids. And we end up staying the next day. And then the orphans come and it ended up just being this like insane thing dude like I can't like I, I gave these two girls run up on me and they like like introduce themselves they speak like broken English I start meeting I start talking to them and like I ended up handing them my camera and they start taking photos they like everything's out of focus and I'm like trying to fix it for them and hand the camera back and then they're taking photos of me and like me with some of the kids and I ended up just giving them my camera for like an hour and then I let the kids start flying my drone and they were just loving it. And then huge eyes, right? Just, whoa, they've never seen this. And I gave them the drone and just started letting them fly it. And I was kind of showing them, you know, go up, go down, like showing them the basic buttons and they can't speak English, right? A lot of them. So there's a language barrier, but like it's interesting how you can communicate just like with your body. Right. Um, and They were so stoked, dude. And I honestly was like, it was interesting because usually I'm like very a little bit protective over my like camera and my my drone because I'm trying to make this movie and at this time the Kickstarter is not a thing. So it's like if my my gear breaks or fails, like I don't have any money to replace it. But I didn't even hesitate to give this stuff to them to use, even though they've never used it before, Mm. because I was like trying to be that match. You know, I was just like, I'm gonna give these kids this stuff because these kids are are so much more disadvantaged and like they just don't have what most kids have and I wanted them to just like I just wanted to trick yeah, like, trigger and, like it, Yeah. Yeah, like just realize holy shit, like I'm flying this drone. Like you know what I mean? Like they're looking at the phone, they're seeing the the view of the ocean and the beach and then and they can see themselves and I'm just like, I just want to like try to show them that there's, like, good people out there that, like, you know, like, just want to do good things, like, for them. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, that, like, the world isn't so bad. Like, basically, we ended up leaving. We went to, we went to, we were going to go to Java. And we go to this port town, and then the police stop us. And they're trying to hustle us for a couple hundred U.S. bucks, basically, to cross the border. We were just, like, we're not going to do it. Like, we, we ended up staying the night in this town, we woke up to this massive earthquake and we were just like, let's not go to Java. Like, this isn't going to happen. We go back to the orphanage. And this German couple gave this orphanage, like, I think it was like maybe 150 bucks. We ended up going with the woman who runs the orphanage to the local market. And we even bought fish right off of the ocean, right off the beach from where we were living. Like, just we took scooters and or motorbikes and, and just like, ran down the side of the beach and bought like from these local fishermen squid and, and these big fish took it to the orphanage basically just made dinner so all the kids come together they're they're peeling garlic they're cutting the fish they're cleaning the fish themselves like like just these big knives against the cement on the ground. The conditions were pretty brutal there but the kids man they were just like, so grateful to have dinner to be eating this meal and like they do this big song and chant goes on for like 10 minutes or something and then they eat and it was like I filmed this entire thing like I have like 200 gigs of like this crazy experience with these orphans and and really just showing like how they live and how how much goes into them eating food like and how appreciative they were of just eating food like that's all they had. I think when I was able to film this and like it was totally unplanned, I realized I had to make this movie because I knew that I was only in that situation because I decided to come and volunteer in Bali. That's the whole thing is when you do this kind of work, it takes you to places you don't expect. And it takes you into these kind of undocumented places where I was in a part of Bali where there's no tourists, like there's no You know, there's no, like, people going there to shoot IG photos and stuff like that, so. You're
0: living like a local at that point, like, really living like a local.
1: Yeah, man, like, like almost no English, right, like, in the the little villages there, and um, it's just, like, you get into those really gritty, like, raw run-and-gun situations, and that's what I really like shooting most, and I feel I know going and volunteering will will put me in those situations, so it's going to be a lot of that, like, And but it was it took something that like miraculous because we had this huge plan to go to Java. It was very ambitious, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like a pretty big road trip on on motorbike. And then it was like Java was sort of failing us, and we had already found something that we were so stoked about. We ended up realizing that like we already we didn't need to go anywhere. We already found something that was like super incredible, and it was right in front of us. So that that was, like, an interesting thing that happened that sort of, I think, gave me the confidence to realize how special this was and then, like, kill my stubbornness and, and realize, like, I need to ask people for help. It's not going to be possible without a community of people coming together to do it, so.
0: And you did it. it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it happened. Pre-trip and post-trip, like, or currently doing your trip is... You realize like what's important to in your life. You kind of realize a lot of both worlds, like first world, like first world problems, and literally third world problems. Like you've seen the spectrum. Yeah. What do you feel like pre Jared, before you went on this trip, was important to you to like post Jared now?
1: Yeah, interesting, man. <laughs> I would say. Just doing what you feel is right in your heart no matter what and trusting that to guide you and take you to places that you would never expect, those situations often help you realize how lucky you are, remind you to appreciate what you have no matter what. I, I find that now I often wake up every day and, and I just feel so grateful for whatever the day has for me. Um, i'm not really thinking far out at all and i and i didn't i was very i had a hard time always thinking about the future but this experience and the sort of this act of of believing in myself and all of a sudden it's putting me in these situations where i'm meeting these incredible people and and the, my perspective is just constantly being challenged and it's it's kind of evolving right so that has probably been the most influential thing that's also just given me the confidence to continue and I've been in some pretty crazy situations so far where it just feels like the world is like folding in on you like you I think a lot of people would pack their bags at that point but I just realized that life's not so serious you know like it's just not (laughs) and you know I, I, I I'm I'm a very simple guy like I don't need much so I think that's how i can sort of operate like that where i'm just like yo i've got some food today and i've got some cool people around me and i'm doing what i love which is telling stories and and constantly working on my craft so you know it's it's cost a lot back home um in some ways but like with relationships or um my people who i'm close with or you know, like, even even in, like, romantic things, like, you know, there's this, like, girl, and it's just, like, I don't really know what's happening because, like, I feel like I'm right where I need to be, and it, sh- it shows you that timing is sort of everything, and your dreams have major costs to a point where you feel like it's, it's actually costed you everything, and I, I definitely hit a moment where that happened, where... Uh, my mom I'm very close to my mom and she doesn't really have a lot of people back home she was just she called me one day and she was just crying and she just was having a really hard time with the way I chose to live my life you know like she was just like why can't you be here why can't you just work these this your engineering job and like I was just like that's not what makes me happy and I I know that it's the right thing to do and I can tell when I connect with people out here that that's what I'm here to do man. And even this this the, the goal of this one-way tickets is really to bring people together to unify people mm-hmm. by showing right how we're all really the same despite these crazy cultural differences and maybe not being able to speak the same language. Um, and I know that before this Kickstarter, even when I was working at the hostel and I was meeting travelers and telling them what I was doing when they would ask. I wouldn't project it, but if they asked me what I was doing, I would, I would explain. We would go into why I thought volunteer work is important and whatnot, and I knew that when I saw them, like, their faces light up and they started to consider doing it themselves. I was like, I'm doing the right thing, even if it's just this, even if it's just, like, acting as a messenger where – like, because that's the goal of the film, right? It's to communicate a message, but I can do that in many ways. I can just have a conversation with someone – right so it's i knew that even that was enough for me to feel like i was doing the right thing and <laughs> and that's it man yeah one way tickets baby
0: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah man yeah <laughs> <laughs> so paul this is like a second to last question because you've been dropping some knowledge right now
1: sorry bro I, that, I, I I've, been, I've been i've been ranting I'm, i am apologize no bro
0: i love ranting if you ever heard my <laughs> heard any of my episodes i love the rants love it Uh, uh, (laughs) but i think like as of right now at the point in time like how do you feel like you define success in your life like you felt like right now you had a really good engineering job but you felt it wasn't for you and then you left and then now you're volunteering so what kind of like double back on the same question but like six like what does success mean to you and like because other people define it differently
1: yeah yeah for sure. Um, <laughs> um, I think success isn't material. That's for sure. Um, and I think I'm somebody who who really values human interaction. And so that's kind of the way I measure my success, which is how can I wake up every day and be the best? version of myself. It may not be perfect, but I know that that's the only thing I can do and be happy more often than not. And for me, again, it's, it's not material. It's not about living in San Francisco and working some job and, and, and being able to go out and, and buy things and, and do this kind of stuff. It's guy with a camera just loves going out, shooting and telling stories. I feel like I really simplified it, I think because I had done the volunteer work before in France, that I knew this kind of life on the road was perfect for me. Again, not everybody agrees with that, but it's about doing what you feel is right. If you're waking up every day, you're not excited about what you're doing, you need to change something 100%. And I've done that. I've been in those situations where wasn't happy and i was depressed and i'm like life is way too short for all that so i like i said i would be stoked if i went out tomorrow just because i've taken this action of doing what i feel is right and doing something i believe in with everything i have
0: yes (laughs) yeah fucking answer (laughs) (laughs) yeah Okay, last question. I usually ask this for everybody, but some advice for a creative who is just starting: don't take advice. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> Elaborate, please. <laughs> like, That's a new yeah. one. I never heard that one. So this is. I,
1: you need to. You need to listen to yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't create for anybody other than yourself. If if it doesn't if it doesn't light a fire inside of you and you're not going to have the energy to dive super super deep into projects um or like everybody's different right everybody has a different background different story everybody has a different story i think just being in tune with that knowing who you are and what your story is will sort of like help your creative work thrive like it's kind of a balancing act between the two i think and like for me i i I, if I don't feel like any kind of emotional response from what I'm trying to do, I can't shoot straight up. Like, and it got to a point like that where when I was new to it, I was creating lots of like short form online content just because like I was trying to get better. I didn't know what to do, whatever. But there was always like, I could sense this, like I wanted more. I wanted like some kind of like message to be communicated when I made a video. And for example, I got to a point where when there wasn't any of that and it was all flash and, like, you know, just about, like, visual, like, like just effects or distractions, um, I, I realized, I, I was like, I don't want to shoot. I don't want to edit this. like, And then I kind of got to a point where I started moving into more, like, story-based or, like, kind of fictional stuff. Like, I, I've only done two short films, but I think if I were to give any advice, it would be, you have to go out and do it. Like that is the best way to learn because the first two films I made, the first two short films, they got me in the position I'm in today. Like just from the production aspect of going out and shooting a film by yourself or with a couple people, um, and sort of understanding the entire process end to end, I would never have had the exposure had I not forced myself into that situation. I think when you start doing that you start to attract certain people like-minded people maybe or and then you learn from them like I've met some incredible filmmakers and cinematographers in just the last six months that I think only happened well that happened because of community but it also was like once we started sharing each other's work we realized like you know we want to like kind of try to collaborate or like and you start growing from there you start learning from other people and sharing your experiences and and then you you know you you just like constantly evolving right so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but again don't take any advice
0: (laughs) and with that jared thank you so much for being on the podcast bro like uh i really appreciate it i really hope you had a great time doing this bro dude
1: (laughs) thank you for having me honestly no it was really nice chatting with you (laughs) keep grinding bro <laughs> keep doing this more episodes i'm, I'm gonna be following hey, along appreciate you,
0: fam. i just want to say thank you to everyone listening and supporting this podcast i appreciate all of you the creators mind is produced by me if you enjoyed what you heard please don't forget to rate and review this podcast it really helps thank you again for listening and i'll talk to y'all soon